that, of course, would be the crypto markets. Let's bring in Jeff Dorman. Joining us to talk a little Bitcoin, but also what else has been going on in the cross-coin world. He's the Chief Investment Officer at ARCA. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Happy to be back. How are you? I liked your report that you did over this past week looking at what happened during the big crypto downdraft. So walk us through the main points of that and what we learned here as the market pulled back, as Bitcoin pulled back from 65. Sure. So... Historically, everyone likes to lump Bitcoin together with the other digital assets. But the reality is, as this ecosystem grows, there's a lot of different factors that affect different tokens uh, for different reasons, right? Much like the ETF market. There's no reason why a healthcare ETF would be affected by something that affects a gold ETF just because they're both ETFs. The same thing's happening here. What was taking Bitcoin down over the last few weeks was very Bitcoin specific. It was things that Elon Musk said. It was the ESG narrative and, and proof of work. Uh, it was a, a, a lack of new corporate uh, treasurers buying Bitcoin. Those were all very Bitcoin specific, but the weight of Bitcoin's decline eventually weighed on the rest of the market as well. But what we saw during the snapback is unlike previous times when Bitcoin has historically had lower downside and just as much upside, the actual opposite is happening now, where Bitcoin's downside is just as much as every other digital asset, but on the way back up, the other assets are, are, are operating at a two or even three X beta. So you have this up-down capture uh, that is changing, where, where Bitcoin right now is struggling relative to other digital assets. Jeff, I think this is a really interesting one because it looks like, as you point out, you know, it got hit and it did get hit. A lot of other things got hit too, but there hasn't been that that dip buying as there have been in some of the other coins, uh, as we were just looking out on your table there, because the, the way down was about in line with a lot of the other stuff. I just picked five from your chart here, four that I knew, and then sushi, because I had sushi last night. I don't know what the heck that one is. But the bounce for the non-Bitcoin ones are a lot bigger. Is that where the difference was made up? Yeah, I think historically this wasn't the case, right? Historically, Bitcoin would be down much less on the way down exactly. and be up just as much on the way back up. Now it's the opposite. Everything is going down together, but the other digital assets that have real cash flows and have real intrinsic value and have real economic drivers besides just, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, is a guessing game, right? I mean, it's basically, it's, a, it's an option. It's either worth zero or it's worth a lot more than it's worth right now because it's gonna be a real form of money. Everything in between is unknown, right? It's all guesswork. But other digital assets can be modeled using real financial cash flow modeling uh, and they have real fundamentals that are growing despite the recent price crash. So it makes sense intuitively, but to your point, like you're saying, what is Sushi? Sushi is a decentralized exchange that has uh, almost a billion dollars of run rate revenue, of which one sixth of that gets paid out to token holders. That's a financial instrument, and it's doing great. Sushi's volumes are higher than ever. Uniswap's volumes are higher than ever. Ethereum transactions are higher than ever. Uh, it's really a very specific um, uh, Bitcoin decline right now, uh, and, and I think you're seeing it in the prices. Well, how, what's Doge doing on here? Does that have economics to it? Or I is, think is that what you threw in there? Doge is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, which means its value is based on uh, what people perceive it to be worth. Right. Uh, it's we, still we big too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think most of that bounce actually came today when there was a, announced yesterday that Coinbase was listing it. Mm. Uh, and you see other retail euphoria, right? You see, you, know, you see AMC, you see BlackBerry, you see uh, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, right? The retail euphoria is back today. And I think Dogecoin is part of that as well. Um, but there's a lot of different types of digital assets now that are not cryptocurrencies that derive value in different ways. And, and, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it in 
uh, the way investors are coming into the space. We're seeing it in the valuation techniques, and ultimately we're seeing it in the price. I want to cut to the chase of the point of your article, basically, is that Bitcoin as a call option on its potential use case is a binary event, right? That's the same way we've described it here on the network. I completely agree with you there. It's either going all the way or it's going down all the way, right? There's not a lot of in-between. But if it looks like it's going down, are we really going to see this other stuff survive, the Uniswaps and the, the pancake swaps and the exchanges? Uh, are we really going to see those thrive if the king crypto even gets beat down more? Well, that's that's the question, right? I mean, historically, we have never seen it. Yeah. Uh, this is the first real green shoot we've ever seen. We, we, we've seen in the past other digital assets outperform on the upside. We've never seen them outperform on the downside. On the downside. Okay. Part of that comes with investor education. Uh, as investors start to recognize that this is an asset class with different sectors and different token types, it's natural to then go to the next step, which is, well, some should go up and some should go down. They're not all going to move together. And I think the cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dogecoin, those are option value. Those have no intrinsic value. The other digital assets are really more like quasi-equities that are driving their value through customer usage and cash flows and, and real economic drivers. So you, know, you should see a bifurcation. You should see a dichotomy once that education process starts to sink in, in the same way that you know, when you see healthcare and utility stocks going up and you see tech stocks going down, Okay, we got one answer out of him. He's still with us. Okay, I think we still got Jeff. Hey, Jeff, I'm going to try one more real quick, uh, which is, are not a lot of these um, DeFi uh, platforms still, though, kind of circular in nature where it's harvesting yield and it's finding yield? And doesn't that just come from the fact that these are volatile currencies that so far have only gone up over time? I mean, aren't they a lot of them centering around just a different form of speculation where I don't have to buy and hodl or I don't have to time bottoms. I can just collect a yield, but the yield is still generated from something that is going up because of speculation. Sure. But you, you have to think about, you know, if you're a brand new company and you start to offer a ton of incentives, let's say you're a restaurant and you say, I'm going to give away, you know, all the food for free for a month. Well, obviously that's not a long-term sustainable business model, but if the food is great and the service is great and people start coming back and in month two and three and 10 and 12, because the food is great and the service is great, you have a viable business model. And the same thing is true with DeFi. A lot of the yields are artificial at first. They're meant to entice customers. You are bootstrapping the growth of your network through customer incentives. But if people want to use the platform and use the service thereafter, they'll pay for it. And that's what we're seeing with decentralized exchanges and decentralized lending and borrowing. It may be gimmicky to get them in the door, but they're staying because they like the service. And I think when that happens, some will die out and some will succeed. And the ones that succeed are going to grow just like they've been growing historically because there's real economic value there. Okay. Jeff, uh, I'm, I'm not getting big bullish Bitcoin vibes from you lately. I'm very bullish Bitcoin long term, but we have to acknowledge all the things that you've been saying over the last six weeks, which is a lot of the narrative has shifted. If you think about Bitcoin as a call option that has a, per, a, per, a perpetual call option with no time value, right? Well, ultimately, what, you, what we've done here is we've pushed out the, the call option there, right? It went from a shorter to a, a longer dated option, right? It, it has lost some of its near-term value as a result of these negative events. It doesn't mean the end game will be any different, but the path it mm. takes to get there uh, has slowed down considerably.